Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is going on, everybody? And happy Thanksgiving and safe travels. Welcome to the Sidelines Washington podcast brought to you by the Sidelines Sports Network. I'm your host and head of NFL operations here at the Sidelines Sports Network, Parker Hamlet. Make sure if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a rating or review if you're watching us on YouTube. Do what it says in the intro, subscribe and turn on notifications. But today we are previewing the four and six football team taking on the three and seven. Yes, you heard that correctly. Three and seven Seattle Seahawks at FedEx Field. This upcoming Monday night on Monday night football. And the question going in, is the Washington football team getting hot at the right time? Because I think we are reaching that boiling point. Question of the day for the comments. Are you more of a turkey person or a ham person coming into Thanksgiving? But I did not come alone today because joining me is my very special guest, tight end in the National Football League for 10 years. Washington football team post-game analyst on 106.7. Also from beyond the box score on Washington football team today, former Washington Redskins tight end Logan Paulson. Logan, I'm not even going to ask you about the turkey or the ham here. I got to ask you, what's it going to take to get you on Twitter, man? What's it going to take? <laughs> oh, it's going to take a lot. I mean, everyone keeps telling me I got to get on Twitter. You know, Twitter's a scary spot. And, like, you know, I probably should do it. Um, it's like taking your vitamins. You probably should do it, but, you know, you just don't feel like it sometimes, so. <laughs> feel all the good and all of the bad of the fan base in waves it is definitely its own yeah. own monster i can't fault you for not wanting to jump on that on, on that bandwagon um but you know bringing you on talking about monday night football upcoming against the seattle seahawks um you know we're going to start off with your area of expertise the tight end position um it's being reported that logan thomas is practicing this week so it, yep. it's expected that he's going to be a go for the first time in four to five weeks here for the washington football team you know sunday running with Samus Reyes, John Bates, no Ricky Seals-Jones. Just how important to you as a former tight end in the National Football League is it to get a guy like Logan Thomas back in the fold for Scott Turner in this offense? I think it'll be really nice. I think, obviously, uh, Logan Thomas played himself into, like, a maybe top eight at the position last year, which is fantastic for a guy who's, you know, converted quarterback, kind of bounced around for a couple teams, and a great value for this offense. And everyone was expecting him, myself included, to have a big role within this offense uh, this season and obviously that you know hasn't been the case because of kind of offensive struggles quarterback struggles and injury for him which is too bad um, but I will say that the guys that have backed him up Ricky Seals Jones John Bates have done a very nice job of kind of filling those shoes obviously not quite the same level of production as he had last year but um, you know good depth at the position and I think I'm excited to see if he is back like excited to see him make some impact on this on this game. Yeah, you know, and, and when Logan initially went out with injury, I kind of downplayed a little bit. I thought Ricky Seal Jones was going to be able to fill in and do a lot of things that Logan did. But that dip in the offense is very evident. I'll get into that in just a second. But, you know, another guy in this tight end room, 
you know, Samus Reyes signed to a three-year deal in the offseason. 6'5", what is it, 260 pounds. You know, th- this is a guy that I know you've done a little bit of work with. Pete Hayner definitely done a lot of work with him in the offseason. 45 total years of experience in the National Football League. Dating back also to Ron with some of his time in Carolina. You know, he's worked with guys like Vernon Davis, Greg Olson, Delaney Walker. You know, Logan Thomas didn't really need any of that refinement as far as, like, the passing game due to him being, like, a former quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Samus Reyes – uh, also graded very high as a run blocker on Sunday, as, as well as Bates, as we were mm-hmm. talking about. You know, I've also been very high on Bates ever since the draft. But in your honest opinion, do you believe that a guy like Samus Reyes is worth the investment that they are putting in him going forward as far as development in this tight end room? And that's a tough question, but some fans seem to be very critical uh, of Reyes's position on the roster. Yeah, I don't – I mean, so – Personally, like, I think Sammy's is one, uh, one in uh, a kind of a billion type of person, you know what I mean, in terms of his physical tools and his mental tools. And what I mean by that is, you know, you said he was 6'5", but he's like 6'7", he's 260 pounds. He ran a 4'6 at his pro day. He has a 42-inch vertical. He did 225, I think, 33 times. Like, he is physically unlike many humans on the face of the earth and very unique. You know, he's a unicorn in that respect. And so I look at other people, other people with those kind of elite athletic characteristics. Jimmy Graham is one that comes to mind. And he was extremely raw. I think he only played one year of college football. He had 14 catches kind of coming out of Miami. And I'm sure a lot of people weren't super fired up about him playing football in the NFL either. However, like you look at other guys like, um, you know, Darren Feld, a guy, the college basketball player. He's a consistent starter in the later half of his career. And I think that's the kind of potential you're talking about. I think you're talking about maybe a game-changing type level athlete obviously he's got a lot of work to do he's very raw he's very green but I do think like that kind of potential is why people that's why you keep another tight end on the roster is for that that characteristic you don't keep him because you think he's going to be a you know like he's just a backup guy forever right you want a guy who's got some potential and I think his potential is one of the reasons that they did that right they don't want to put him on practice squad they don't want to lose him and I understand that completely and I think, you know, the more this season comes along, you realize that they've made some really nice decision wins, decisions when it comes to the depth of the roster, right? You look at the offensive line, you look at the receiver, guys that I don't think a lot of fans were excited about, but they've had, they filled huge roles in this offense. And I think that's exciting. But my point is, Sammy's, I think it's the right decision. I think you got to give him a guy with zero football experience a year or two, maybe, to see where he's at. Like, I think about Niles's Paul, Niles Paul, when he transitioned to tight end, it took him three years to kind of have a breakout season. Logan Thomas, everyone says, oh, he's great. But it took him almost four years to reach that point, right? And, and so these, this, this is something that takes time. And if you can sit on it, like an investment, like in the stock market, you can sit on it and cash in at the right time. It could be extremely valuable for you. And you definitely don't want to lose a guy like that to another you know, coach of staff that could maybe, you know, kind of capitalize off the work or the investment you have put in. The the same work that you put in. That's right. And, you know, right. I mean, he, I, of course I got his height wrong. You know, just when I'm sitting there talking about this guy being a unicorn, he's bigger, even bigger than I thought he was. Now right. Paul, that's a name I haven't heard in a while either. I miss that guy. I mean, I mean, let's not downplay the production or the importance of tight ends in the Scott turn offense either. 45.2% red zone targets, which is, I think, third in the league. RSJ getting mm-hmm. a lot of looks while, while he is in as a starter for the Washington football team in weeks five through eight. Also leading all tight ends in the National Football League with 271 snaps. So getting a guy like Logan Thomas back is very mm-hmm. important, but got a kind of a tight end you thing kind of running with Ron Rivera and this coach's staff. And, <laughs> and like, a lot like you said, I feel like it's certainly – worth the investment. But of course, today we're brought to you by Homage. Make sure you use promo code SSN Sports 21 for 20% off your order at homage.com today. Just want to thank Homage for the, you know, all their support sponsoring the show. Make sure you take advantage of our limited time offer. But you know, Logan, Scott Turner is another guy. 
I, I, I've seen you do a lot of breakdowns on his film. And, you know, I mean, he's done some phenomenal stuff using kind of some lower tier names that you wouldn't expect to be this prevalent throughout the season, you know, on some of your breakdowns. But I really think that the biggest thing coming out of the bye week is that the Washington football team, and I've heard you say this yourself, is they're finally executing on things that they were not executing on earlier mm-hmm. in the season. You know, a very tough start to the season, but just a lack of execution. And one of the guys that's executing to fruition is certainly Taylor Heineke. You know, he's only gotten better since the bye week. You know, third and fourth down, he's been absolutely clutch. 92.4 mm-hmm. grade according to PFF, 21 for 25, 247 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions, and a 91.7 adjusted completion and i yeah i know i kind of sent you a clip before we get on i that fourth down mm. conversion play for uh taylor heineke against the carolina panthers looked very familiar to me went back and watched the tape a little bit kind of saw some parallels with the play that you and robert made back in 2012 against the giants but um as far as extending to the play you know what are some things that taylor heineke does that you know with the ability to extend the play that impress you as, as being a long-term you know nfl starter yeah, so I think the thing that he's done a really nice job of is he seems to be learning, uh, like, his decision-making process in all facets of the game seem to improve, and that applies to when to scramble, right? He seemed a little uncertain of that early in the season, kind of going when he shouldn't and staying when he should. And so I think that that's been a really nice progression to see um, is him kind of picking and choosing his spots a little bit better, and especially on that play, right, trying to find something. If you look at the All-22, it's all closed off. There's nothing there. He's going through his progression. He's trying to make something happen, but he's – he understands the situation in this really nice way. Fourth down, got to make something happen. It doesn't matter if he throws an interception, but makes a nice decision to John Bates. Love that. And the other thing that I love about the Carolina game is that's a really good kind of pass, um, pass focus defense. They do a really nice job in the back, and they've had some really nice play from their corners. Obviously, they didn't have a nice play from their corners this last weekend, but um, I think it's a really solid group. And I think that he is – like the fact that he didn't have any plays in that game where he put the ball in harm's way, I think is extremely valuable because every single week I'm like, he played well, but there's probably three to four passes that should have been picked off or could have been picked off where he's not taking care of the football. This is the first time that he didn't do that. I think that's fantastic for him. That's, I, I, it gives me hope moving forward that this team can sustain this, right? Because the, the, the Tampa Bay win, even though it's a great win, consistent win two times, he could have been picked off. Like, through the defensive defender's hands, right? And think about the complexion of that game if Tampa Bay gets a turnover or two. And so the fact that he's eliminated that from his game plan, I think is is awesome. And hopefully he can continue to grow in that regard, which would be fantastic. So I think he's done an outstanding job. He's looking great. He's obviously got some physical limitations in terms of our strike, but I think he's done a nice job of making up for that. I think Scott Turner's done a nice job of calling, you know, RPOs and zone reads to kind of emphasize his skill as a runner a little bit more, more, more zone read stuff. And I think that's fantastic. And I want to see more of that from this offense because I think it steals, it's an easy way to steal yardage. And, uh, and with this offense, with kind of like we talked about a depleted skill group, like those, any, any yardage you can gain is, is valuable. And, and getting guys back like Curtis Samuel and Logan Thomas moving forward when, you know, this offense kind of gone back to the basics and, you know, I, someone will say that I'm a part of the Taylor gang, quote unquote. But I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, I mean, all the Washington football team never needed Taylor Heineke to be perfect. They just needed him to do what was asked of him. And, you know, we all know the flaws in his game, but for him to play that at optimal level, you know, that week against the Buccaneers against a, a top five defense, but then this last Sunday against a top two Carolina Panthers defense was definitely impressive. And th- he definitely deserves the national recognition that he's getting for that. And, you know, speaking of opposing defenses, they're taking on a very, <laughs> I depleted poorly coach. I mean, depending on what you want, Seattle Seahawks defense, they're bottom five in EPA per play, you know, not really getting to the quarterback either. 
you know, they're a little bit better than last year, but that's really not saying much. Pay Jamal Adams all that money in the offseason, but they can't stop a nosebleed out there. You know, I, you know, Pete Carroll's kind of focusing on some stuff, like they're allowing less explosive plays. Sunday, they kind of dealt with some injuries. Trey Brown went out. You know, they lost to the Colt McCoy-led Cardinals. Shout out to Colt McCoy. But, you know, I mean, this is the first time since 2011 that they've been four games under 500 under Pete Carroll, and he doesn't really look like he knows how to navigate through that kind of stuff. And, you know, he seems very confident that they're going to get a win. He said it himself. I feel like we're going to get a big win on the East Coast next week. And, you know, I mean, I can't blame him for being confident with a guy like Russell Wilson. You know, Russell Wilson come back from that finger surgery, 25-0 shutout to Green Bay Packers. I think it's probably the only time in the entire Russell Wilson era that, you know, we, we've ever seen a shutout. I know you played Russell Wilson his rookie year. I mean, we're sitting here talking about Taylor Heineke and his ability to extend plays. How do you see the Wash football team, and what are some things you expect for them to do to kind of slow down a guy like Russell Wilson? And what is a bounce-back week for the Seattle Seahawks this Monday? Yeah, so one of the things when you watch that offense, I think it's really interesting is teams have done a really nice job negating kind of the playmakers on the outside. Obviously, DK Metcalf is a guy that's drawing a ton of double coverage, and he hasn't played very well in that confines of that. Um, Tyler Lockett's obviously an explosive weapon that they've got, and he makes plays. Like he's like he's a small kind of diminutive guy, but really relies on his speed and his route running nuance. Uh, Gerald Everett is the tight end, a guy that I like a lot, but has kind of underperformed a little bit. You know, it's it's frustrating because he's got like a receiver kind of Jordan Reed skill set, but he never seems to show up. They're trying to utilize him in that way. And I think he's doing OK, but nothing to kind of go crazy about. And then um, obviously they've always been kind of a run first team, run second team and then let run Russell Wilson bail you out on third down. Their guards inside are not playing at the best level. You know what I mean? They're not playing at a super high level. And I think it's really affecting their ability to consistently do that. I think this last weekend against an Arizona defensive front, that's a little banged up, only averaged three points, three yards a carry, 3.4 yards a carry, something like that. So obviously they're struggling in that department a little bit. And then um, Russell Wilson coming off the finger injury hasn't really looked like normal Russell Wilson and people underrate why that's so important. You know, he's holding the football, those kind of things. But I think that offense is just, in kind of disarray, you know? So I think if, if the Washington football team kind of got, comes in and follows the tenants that have been laid out before them in terms of, you know, like doing what they do well, which is stop the run, and then kind of bringing this, um, this kind of evolved coverage philosophy, this coverage communication that they have, I think they'll be okay. Because I think that offense is kind of all screwed up. And if they can eliminate the big play, like, I think they'll be all right. I think you can, they're not, this offense is not built to kind of methodically drive the, down the field in the way that like a Tampa Bay offense is, you know, like they just, they just can't do it. So if, if you can make them kind of rely, kind of fall on that short completions, run game, they just, they're not built for it. And, the, and Russell Wilson doesn't have the mentality for it. And the offensive play caller doesn't have the mentality for it. So that would be my thing to keep an eye on. Just eliminate big plays, which they've done a great job of the last two weeks. And I think they'll be okay. And, you know, we really couldn't be playing the Seattle Seahawks at a better time, to be quite frank with you. I mean, you know, earlier in the season, we talk about how the watch football team didn't really have an identity. I still really couldn't tell you what the identity of the Seattle Seahawks team is. I watched a lot of film on them. And, yeah. you know, if you ask me, they were kind of fortunate to get a couple wins out with Geno Smith. They made the best of it. And now you're getting Russell Wilson back. And third down, something you talked about. On third and fourth down, uh, cumulatively, the last two weeks, the Seattle Seahawks are 0 for 10 and have somehow took the reins of the worst third down percentage in the National Football League from the Washington football team with a 33.7 percentage. And, you know, I mean, what – I mean, it's, it's a hell of a dilemma there in the Windy City with, with Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, like I said, unfamiliar waters. Mm-hmm. You know, dealing with some injuries on the offensive side of the ball as well. Rashad Penny also went out at one point. You had Alex Collins being mm-hmm. the RB1. But, you know, you talk about their guards. 
not really, like I said, no identity, you know, no strong run game mm-hmm. like you used to have with Marshawn Lynch back in the day. You got playmakers on the outside, but they're shutting those guys down. Kind of a quiet year, too, from DK Metcalf. And to me, Tyler Lockett's mm-hmm. really the big name that the Washington football team fans need to watch out for on Sunday. If you Good. got him in fantasy, start him. He's going to get all the targets. But, I mean, you know, who's to say that the Seattle Seahawks really can't go on a run here? Because, I mean, Russell Wilson and, and, and Pete Carroll certainly have earned the benefit of the doubt due to their pedigree. You know, their next five games – Football team, Niners, Texans, Rams, excuse me, I think six or seven games, Bears, Lions, you know, none exactly playoff contenders. So if they run the table, they haven't lost at FedEx Field since 05. You know, I mean, this this little winning streak that they keep talking about could definitely start in Washington. But Monday, November 29, 2021, 8.30 p.m. Are are we getting a Manning cast or no Manning cast? I heard there's been a little bit of some, some, like, inconsistency only reporting of that are, are we not getting elon payton for, for monday night football i haven't actually gotten confirmation on that is that, that would be disappointing if they didn't because i've really <laughs> enjoyed that so yeah i know i i've actually had the chance to kind of sit down and watch the manning cast this year hopefully they get marshawn in there get him to kind of slip up a little bit that was some <laughs> funny stuff but you know the washington football team um opening up as two point favorites i think as of right now um also yeah. talk talk about odding uh betting favorites stuff like that Make sure you check out Prize Picks promo code SSNWFT for a 100% instant deposit bonus match at Prize Picks. Remember, it is you versus the projection, not you versus the player. 47.5 over under. Mr. Paulson, with your deepest evaluation, who do you have on Monday Night Football? Football team or Seahawks? It's so weird to be picking against Seattle because they've been such a consistent, um, you know, team for such a long time but I do I do think Washington the way they've been playing the consistency with which they've been playing is is fantastic and if Heineke can continue to play at that level I don't think there's any way Seattle does win it'll be a good game it'll be competitive obviously but if he continues to protect the football make good decisions keep this team rolling on third down and they protect the football like obviously Gibson had that kind of detrimental fumble obviously in the in last week's game against Carolina but he's looking like he's starting to return physically to form. And that's a scary combination all of a sudden, especially with the way that, that offensive line is playing. So I'm going to say Washington. And I think, and I feel pretty good about it. This is the first time in a couple of weeks where I feel confident in Washington. We'll see. They're probably going to screw me over, but you know, that's all right. <laughs> I had Jake Russell on earlier in the week. And he said, this is why we watch the game. We never really know, but I mean, it's hard to not feel good about this game. You know, I call this episode the boiling point because it feels like everything's getting hot and it feels like we're about to go on a streak very similar to last year. Not trying to jinx anybody, but I got the football team plus 14. You know, I mean, I I got the football team winning by two scores, 28, 14. I think they're going to run the ball, play play smash mouth football and Russell Wilson. Then we're going to be lucky to even get 14 points out of it. So um, I got the football team on Monday night football. How's that for your Thanksgiving meal? Um, but, you know, Mr. Paulson, just want to thank you so much for stopping by, man. Uh, always great having you on the show. Love everything you're doing with Washington football team point uh, today. Uh, 106.7. Uh, love those film breakdowns. And got to get you on Twitter, man. But, you know, let everybody else know where they can find you and all, all your stuff. Yeah. So um, uh, for me, personal, my personal stuff, it's on uh, Instagram at Logan underscore Paulson 82. And obviously I'm doing stuff with uh, Washington football team today with Julie Donaldson on NBC Sports Washington, and then I do a pregame show on 106.7 The Fan, uh, so you can check that out uh, for the Monday night game. It'll be three hours before kickoff. All right. Well, you heard the man. Go check it out. Got some really great, insightful stuff over there on your account. Um, but, you know, at, as far as sidelines are concerned, make sure you check out SSN.com. We got a bunch of great stuff over there. Got some articles. Make sure you click read, share all that good stuff. Also, make sure you follow sidelines on Twitter. 
Um, also, I'm the head of NFL operations. And if you or anyone you know is interested in covering one of their favorite sports franchises, make sure you reach out at sidelines underscore WFT at gmail.com. Give me an email and DM. Doesn't matter. Join the sidelines family today. 127,000 going strong. But we'll see you guys after Monday night football. Happy Thanksgiving. This is the SSN signing off. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.